to Quest for Gold, where we update you on the road to Tokyo and talk with athletes who have their sights set on the summer games. We don't yet know how many fans will be allowed in Tokyo this summer, but a Japanese newspaper is reporting an announcement could be made soon that foreign fans will be excluded. The report citing only unnamed sources to this point. No official announcement is expected until later this month. That report coming after Tokyo organizers held five-party talks with the IOC and local government officials. Welcome back to the mat. Lori Hernandez, the 2016 two-time U.S. Olympic gold medal gymnast who hasn't competed in more than four years, was back to action at the Winter Cup in Indianapolis over the weekend. It was a mostly preseason event for the 20-year-old and others who are honing their skills before qualifications really get serious in May. 19-year-old Jordan Childs won the overall and appears to be a name we'll be talking about a lot more in the coming months. Five-time Olympic gold medal swimmer Katie Ledecky won the 1,500-meter freestyle at the four-day Pro Series meet in San Antonio, the first time she's taken part in a meet in a year. She hasn't lost a 1500 meter since she was 13. The U.S. men's U23 soccer team is in Mexico prepping for a qualifying tournament. They have yet to punch their Olympic ticket. Qualifiers have been put on hold during the pandemic. Head coach Jason Christ set a camp roster this week but says there could be some changes heading into the Olympics should they qualify. So we have 26 players in camp right now and we we believe that there will be another two players, uh, two to three players that will join us at a later date. Uh, because they aren't released until the weekend of the 14th. Uh, And we know that we have to pare the roster down to 20 um, for the official qualification roster. So there's some tough decisions to be made. Uh, But even past that, we did tell about six, I think a six to eight other players um, that they're basically alternates and we need them to be ready to come in at any time. The U.S. takes on Costa Rica March 20th to begin that qualifying tournament. 31-year-old sailor Maggie Shea and her teammate Stephanie Robles have already punched their ticket to Japan and for the last year have been trying to navigate the waters of this pandemic. For Maggie, it's been a weird year of layoffs and international travel, but she and Stephanie Robles believe they found their groove as they prepare to race in Tokyo. Where are you right now? I'm in Lanzarote, Spain. It's um, in the Canary Islands uh, off the coast of Morocco. It's like 80 miles west of Morocco. It's a really cool spot for sailing. And we've been loving the waves and big breeze and a lot of great international competition here. So we're super happy. How long have you been there? Uh, Almost a month. Yeah, we came uh, end of January. Um, We've been in Miami before that, training alone, basically um, working out a lot, working on individual boat, you know, single boat skills. Um, so we were so eager to get over here and race against the international fleet and do some kind of scrimmage regattas and tr- uh, meet up with our training partners at least. We last talked in 2019. Obviously, a lot has changed uh, since that time. What, what has the pandemic been like for you as far as training? Have you and Stephanie been able to get together a lot during this time? Have you guys been split up across the country? Have you been stuck here in the country? Um, what, what, what have these last... 12, 18 months been like for you? Yeah, I'll rewind a little bit. Okay, so after the trials, our, our trials ended in February um, when everything was pretty under control or unknown, I should say. So we started training hard in Miami. And then when things got pretty bad in March, um, we all went home. So our coach, Julia Conti, lives in Italy. Um, my teammate, Steph Robo, lived in Miami at the time, and I was in Chicago. So we split up for a couple months, which was like the longest time that we had never been that we haven't been sailing or together in the last three or four years. Um, And then 
early summer, about June, I just decided to move down to Miami to be near stuff so that we could resume training and not have to travel. So I bought a used car and packed all my stuff up and moved down to Miami. And then we sailed really hard for a month and a half in Miami alone, just getting back in the boat and putting reps and working on a boat handling and getting back in shape. Um, and then the summer we had like a backdoor into Italy, actually, because Julia had a connection in the Italian Federation. So they were able to help us get permission to enter. Um, so we did a quarantine, which was pretty tough. You know, it was like a small Airbnb without air conditioning and a hot summer in Italy. And it was a really interesting way to start a training camp. So we did that 14 day quarantine, um, together. And then we trained hard on Lake Garda, which was epic. Uh, we were finally able to, um, join our training partners again. We were reunited with the Argentinian team who's been our, uh, really close training partners and friends. So the four of us, the two boats, four team members, um, trained in Lake Garda, got back in shape, and then we uh, sailed an event in Germany, um, which was fun and kind of wild. We, we sailed well, but it was funny to you know not race for so long and then get back on the race course with everyone. It was exciting and overwhelming and awesome. Um, we finished second, so we were really happy with that. It was a good sort of check-in to kind of see how we've been training alone, what we need to work on in the next six months, chunk of time. Um, and then we went to Portugal because – the trials and everything in 2018 and 2019 was sailed in really flat water, which is similar to Miami. Um, and it's kind of easy sailing in some ways, you know, it's, it's just different than really wavy swell conditions like that we get on the ocean and we hope to get in Japan. So we decided to go to Kashkai, Portugal, which has huge waves. And it was, it's actually just South of like an Epic surfing venue that big wave surfers go to chase huge waves. We weren't sailing in those 40 foot waves. We were <laughs> in the normal swell down the coast, but it was awesome. And we, uh, trained really hard and um, that camp, we ended that camp. I injured my knee, unfortunately. So um, it was one of those times that we really went to find the, find the edge and push the envelope and find our limits. And we did <laughs> and uh, learned a lot and kind of knew that was part of the risk of sailing that way. And with that mentality, um, but it was far enough away from the games that I was able to go home, rehab, recover. Um, I spent the holidays down in Miami working with our, uh, our PET staff and they were really great. And um you know, it was just a, a rebuilding phase that we probably needed anyway. You know, we needed a bit of break and to rebuild and get stronger and bigger again. We are always like trying to put on weight and maintain a pretty high body weight for both of us for what, what's good best for the boat. Um, so those like blocks at home when we can just eat and work out and eat and work out uh, are pretty valuable. So we did that. And then um, we came back here in January. You've been pretty much confined to your residence. Yeah. Yeah. If my living room wasn't so messy right now, I would show you that I've got all my workout stuff, all my muscle activation stuff, my little mini gym outside, you know, it's, um, we do kind of figure out how to just travel with everything you need and not go to local gyms and cook for long periods of time. And we do take out, um, the restrictions in, in Europe are pretty, uh, intense. You know, there we're currently in level four in Spain, so nothing's open, but that's, it, it's a little different. It's more like we're living in Europe this year, as opposed to, uh, in, in previous years, everything's very scheduled. We come back home, check in with our trainers, check in with our family, come back. And now we're just like hunkered down over here. <laughs> Has that been hard for you being hunkered down? Because I mean, just talking with you previously, I mean, you're, you're always going, you're always doing something. You're, you know, you're always, yeah. even if you're not, if even if you're not on the water, you've got something going on. So I could imagine, you know, with that mindset, everything screeching to a halt has been probably a, a challenge, you know, physically it might be better, but maybe mentally. Yeah, you're totally right. Physically, it's been 
like the healthiest year of our life. We've gotten sick so much less, probably because we're traveling less. We are resting better. Our body weights are up. You know, all those those metrics are good. Um, but mentally, it's it's definitely been a challenge. I'd say there was an adjustment period that I would get kind of homesick, and then I just had to make an effort to like FaceTime with my family and get in those routines. Um, but the the upside has been uh, that we're much closer with all the girls and the and the boys on circuit that we've. You know, we've always been in the same places at the same times, but now we're really relying on each other for support and social network. And um, we get together more for barbecues and, you know, um, bike rides. And we safely kind of convene. A lot. We make much more of an effort to do that with each other. So that's been a really cool upside. Um, we've also done more tourist activities. Usually we're like on this whirlwind of flying and set up the boat, sail and then rush home, you know. But now we're like, oh, okay, we have four days to kill. Let's go check out that random beach on this island that we never would. So um, it's, it's been, a, you know, there's always good and bad. Um, and there's a finite, you know, what, what, I think you can do anything if you know how long you're doing it for. And so we finally feel like we're in the final stretch, finally, <laughs> of this, like, 18-month final stretch. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it's a different mentality than maybe in the middle of the quad when you're like, oh, my gosh, I might not see my family for three years. Now it's like, okay. These next six months, it's game time. We are going to be where we have to be. We're going to do what we have to do. A big part of what we talked about last time we spoke was fundraising. Um, what, what's been going on with that during the pandemic? Has that kind of dried up or, it, I mean, still pushing along as best you can? We have an incredible group of supporters that um, we, you know, we backed off all of our fundraising asks for a while when everything was so uncertain. Would the games happen? When would it happen? What would it look like? Um, but then when we went back to our donors and said, hey, we need help now, we have a plan, this is what we're doing, they really came in for us in a huge way, especially um, Kilroy Realty is our title sponsor. Um, the U.S. Sailing Team has many sponsors that have stuck, you know, stuck with us, even though this year has looked, been a lot weirder than previous ones. Um, and the individuals, the, the fundraisers that they came up with on our behalf were amazing. Like We couldn't go home and see people and have fundraisers, but they still did outside fundraisers with barbecues and we'd Skype in and FaceTime and um, now people have been amazing. We're doing okay. It's, it's been hard to fundraise because everyone thought, Oh, this year, no competitions are happening. So it's going to be really cheap. Um, but actually the opposite, you know, instead of making short trips over here, we're like living in Europe, <laughs> which is not cheap. Um, and our plans change so frequently that that's been, uh, it's been really hard to budget and predict, but um, you now we feel really lucky that people have, continue to help us and we have the uh, resources we need you know we're, we're constantly fundraising we're not 100 percent to our goal i'd say we're like 75 percent to where we need to be um so at this point here we're we're happy with that the gist i got talking to you last time was your uh, teammate stephanie tends to um you know think long term envision herself in tokyo think you know big picture you focus on kind of the small little minute details and that's you know, how you, how you progress along. And, and you said, you know, part of it is just mentally for you. You know, I, I don't want to picture myself on the podium at Tokyo before I have to get this, 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 and this done. Has, has the pandemic changed the way you thought? Yeah. Well, what we've learned is that um, when we're both sort of mobilized and stressed by events or trials or whatever it might've been, you know, in 2019, that's sort of my mechanism. I'd go step-by-step. Step. I use my checklists and my processes and I focus on the one thing at a time, little break it all down into little bits. And I don't think about the end result, you know, at all. Um, Steph does visualize and, and is able to project herself, you know, to where she wants to be. Um, and, and that's an exercise that she does. And it's really cool. Um, but it, then when we're actually racing, she won't look at the results either. 
don't focus on the end results. Um, we focus on the process of getting there. Um, what we've learned throughout the pandemic is that you can't actually maintain a high intensity, like in top fighting shape for 18 months. It's just almost impossible. You know, we have to sometimes focus on boat speed, which means that our boat handling and maneuvers might suffer a little bit, you know, or vice versa. If we're working on our boat handling, then I can't lift as hard in the gym, you know? So you always have to like weigh these priorities and kind of let some things uh, matter a little bit less for a period of time, four weeks, six weeks, whatever it might be. And during that period that we're focusing on. Um, And so we learned like we can't intensely focus on everything and make progress in every area for 18 months. That's absolutely unsustainable. Um, and we're just going to burn ourselves out and run into the ground. Um, and, and I think Steph, the way she works mentally, she was more of, um, she likes to intentionally switch on and switch off and switch on and switch off. And so she can, she does a really good job of compartmentalizing her sailing competition and then her life and her home life and her social life, you know, and that uh, I think helps her kind of manage this weird protracted period of, intensity that was on and off and on and off. And I prefer to keep focusing on it in small chunks every day. Um, and both of those different methods have helped us get through this pandemic. You know, like I, I'd like to do activation work at home. And I think she prefers to like do a big lift in the gym if she's going to work out, you know, and I, and I might do like a little thing every day and then big lifts three times a week. But does not knowing what the next week or the next month holds are you able to come to grips with that? You know, not knowing maybe yeah. what that next minute step is going to be. We've learned to, it, I probably would have really tweaked this out a couple of years ago to not have our next six weeks, like eight weeks, 12 weeks, totally concretely planned and flights booked and cars rented and everything. And, and we really have learned to be a lot more fluid, um, which hasn't been easy. We work with a sports psych and we've had to talk about like not knowing where we're going to be or how long we're going to be in places. And you, you run into funny inconveniences, like, I didn't pack enough wetsuits and then I ripped that one and now I'm down to, you know, and, and we are borrowing clothes a lot more than we ever thought because we haven't been able to always pack exactly the right stuff. Um, those are the kind of little things where you're like, these are just really minor inconveniences. Um, but it gets tough, you know, not knowing when we're going to see our friends next and um, our friends at home and our family and everything. So we've definitely had to work on just talking about the uncertainty and kind of coming to terms with it and being okay with it. Um, I would say now we're on like a, two to four weeks. We generally know what our next two to four weeks look like. And beyond that, we don't really know. Um, are you, are you feeling good with, with the communication that you've gotten, whether it be from the IOC or the USOPC on what the steps look like moving forward this year? Really good. Yeah. I mean, we're full steam ahead and it seems like they're full steam ahead too. And they're doing the best they can. And we totally trust the authorities to, you know, put us in safe situations. Um, we, I think we're really lucky in our sport that we compete outside on the water. It's got to be one of the safest venues and playing fields, um, you know, that exists. Uh, we have done a couple of regattas that there have been no issues. Um, people take the rules really seriously. There's this collective sort of um, effort to keep each other safe and be respectful of the rules and so forth. So um, I think we're really lucky in the sailing community that our boat park is outside, our race courses are on the water. It's as safe as it can be, you know? Um, so I feel really good. I, I feel a ton of uh, sympathy and for the, for the teams that are, they can be inside in closed environments. Like that's just going to be hard, you know, or the people, the teams that rely on sports and spectators, I mean, um, spectators and fans and cheering crowds and stuff. Like we never have that anyway. So we're like, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> that's okay. If they can't see us from shore, they probably won't be able to see us anyway. You know, so we're, we're lucky. We kind of, those aren't really big game changers for us, you know? You've seen now what the pandemic has 
you know, how people have responded to the pandemic in the U.S. and, and some European countries would like you're in Spain right now. Are, are they all wearing masks? Are they all still social distancing? I mean, it's, is everything pretty much the same across the, the world right now? No, and this is just my personal opinion. I'm kind of disappointed sometimes when I go home and see how politicized uh, safety and health has become. <laughs> you know, the rest of the world is there are safe, there, there are health health measures, and everyone buys into it. And there's a collective effort to protect each other. Um, and I don't see that at home sometimes, and that, that saddens me. You know, even at the grocery store here today, I couldn't read the instructions in Japan, in um, Spanish. And I was told, oh, you know, you have to, you have to stand at that side of it. And there's a plexiglass here, so you don't walk to the plexiglass until you're done unloading. And I'm, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know, you know. And uh, she wasn't mad. She wasn't angry. She wasn't scolding me. She was just telling me this, these are the rules. And I felt bad for not knowing. And it, it's just a different dynamic. You know, everyone here, it's like, oh, thank you for telling me. You know, or everyone wears masks outside at bus stops. You know, no, one, no one's policing it. It's just what people do. And so... I hope we can kind of learn from the rest of the world that it's not, it's not someone's trying to take your liberty away by telling you to wear masks. They're actually just trying to keep everyone safe so we can keep doing everything that we're doing, you know. But you and Stephanie and, and everyone, they, they, you guys have been fine through this whole thing. No one's gone down. There hasn't been any, any widespread anything as far as. Yeah, the, the U.S. sailing team has been really clear about our protocols, you know, and they're more restrictive than any governor's mandate or city city's rules or whatever, you know, they basically say, Hey guys, we're, we're sheltering in place when we are training, you're doing takeout food, you know, we're, we're avoiding local gyms, we're avoiding restaurants, not going shopping. We're being smart about all these things. And that's not fun. You know, in Miami, we'd much rather be like getting together. <laughs> um, but it's just, that's not the right thing to be doing right now. And with us, you know, we need to travel to do our job. And so it's, it would be pretty irresponsible if we were also taking a high level of risk and then traveling around the world and imposing our recklessness on everybody. What have you done during your downtime? I'm a puzzler. I love puzzles. I've started traveling with puzzles uh, wherever I go. Steph and I have like, we, we were trying to play pool the other day. You know, we take time to do like silly things that we just wouldn't have in the past. We never would have taken advantage of a pool table, but we were absolutely terrible at it. We decided we'd give it a shot and try to work on these random skills. Um, no new skills, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, you know, we're, we're also, um, we're all cooking a lot more. And we've been swapping recipes amongst us. So uh, everyone kind of takes an index card. We each have a box and we make dinner for each other. And then if the recipe was good, then we have them write in on a postcard for everyone and index card and, and distribute I bet it. it's all healthy athlete stuff, though. None of the good cakes and pies and stuff like that, isn't it? Well, there's a good bit of that. We're on the waking program. So oh, that's right. And all eating is kind of encouraged at a certain point. <laughs> Very good. And and quarantining and an injury was like really good for that. We got here at our heaviest boat weight yet, and it was really fast. And we were like, oh, keep eating. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, well. (laughs) Maggie and Stephanie will be back on the water competing later this month. Thanks for listening. Next week, we'll talk to a water polo player who is also training overseas. It's coming up on the next Quest for Gold. I'm Ryan Burrow.